We are glad to announce we have partnered with Thrive Fantasy for the upcoming NFL season. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. In case you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in respective sport. For this NFL season, Thrive allows you to choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. Use promo code PODCAST when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. Today, unfortunately, Elliot will not be able to join us on the podcast, but we got a great podcast for you guys, and it is a continuing series, and we said we would be talking about the NFL about every two weeks of the season, and here we are talking about the NFL for you guys. Week three and four recap. So, Henry, I'm excited. Let's get right into it. And we're going to start off with our first topic, and that is COVID finally hitting the NFL. Obviously, you had the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers game getting postponed and rescheduled later in the season. Then you had that uh, really big scare with the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, New England Patriots. Of course, that being moved to Monday night when that was supposed to be a Sunday afternoon game after Cam Newton tested positive, thankfully. They finally got to play that game, obviously, as I mentioned, that Monday night. But And you even had the Saints against the Detroit Lions have that scare with uh, the fullback for the Saints getting a false positive test. So, Henry, what do you have to say about COVID finally affecting the NFL? Andrew, to be honest, I think it's more of a surprise that it took this long because when you think about it, it was was bound to happen at some point. And the fact that we made it – almost four weeks into the season without any cases or scares like this was kind of amazing in my opinion. And I think it was just bound to happen at some point. Yeah. And Henry, the NFL has been very careful with their COVID protocols and I've been impressed. I mean, as you mentioned, I'm surprised that it took this long for COVID to actually affect the NFL and its season and the games being played. But they seem to be taking very serious uh, precautions uh, while dealing with the coronavirus, of course. And you saw them, we mentioned last uh, podcast in week one and two NFL recap. I mean, they were fining coaches and uh, organizations hefty amounts for not taking the right COVID protocols and not wearing the masks on the sidelines. And now I, I know they're investigating the New England Patriots to see what what went wrong with uh, Cam Newton and how he got a a positive test and why that is. And they seem to be taking it very seriously. I think they can get it together. I mean, of course, the Tennessee Titans, I mean, they had 16 people in the organization. I'm pretty sure it was eight players and eight staff members test positive within the last week, which is crazy because you don't see many other teams getting that many positive tests, if any at all. So 
I hope the Tennessee Titans can get their uh, deal together. I hope they can get that figured out. And of course, the rest of the NFL can stay healthy and stay away from the coronavirus. You know, Andrew, it's, it's a very good thing that you've seen over the past couple of days and leading into the middle of the week where the Titans should be able to go back to practices. They've had no positives at all throughout this weekend. It's a good sign for the NFL that I know 16 people got it, but that it didn't spread more to 50 people or 100 people throughout the entire organization. And the fact that also for the Patriots and Chiefs, there was only one positive on each team and it didn't spread, like I mentioned earlier, to other players throughout the team, especially with Cam Newton being the starting quarterback and being around a lot of these players every single day. But Andrew, let's move into our next topic today, which is talking about the NFL coaching situations. And as you saw this week, earlier this week, I think it was Monday, Bill O'Brien, the head coach and general manager of the Houston Texans was fired and relieved of his duties of being in that those positions. And Andrew, I want to hear your thoughts on that Bill O'Brien firing and some of the other coaching dilemmas we've had in the NFL so far this year. Yeah, Henry, and you look at the Texans, I mean, they were really close to making it to that uh, AFC Conference Championship game and defeating the future Super Bowl champions in the Chiefs. I mean, I believe they were up 24 to nothing at one point, and now you look at it, and that organization is in flames, Henry, the total flames. I mean, 0-4 after you paid Deshaun Watson, one of the biggest deals a quarterback has ever been given in the NFL history. And then you trade DeAndre Hopkins away. What are you even thinking? And of course it's due to Bill O'Brien because he was acting as the general manager at the time of that trade. But you sign one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL to a well-deserved giant contract. And then you trade away his best weapon. Doesn't make sense to me. Bill O'Brien deserves to get out of there. I mean, what's even worse is he made that big deal for uh, getting or shipping away DeAndre Hopkins and then comes out with an 0-4 season. Like, what were you expecting, Bill O'Brien? You deserve to be out of there. He does not deserve to have that Texans head coaching job, nor does he deserve to have any head coaching job. I think he deserved to be out of there for sure, Henry. Andrew, and you heard a lot from uh, NFL analysts talking about how Bill O'Brien, the general manager, would get Bill O'Brien, the coach, fired. And I think he deserves a job as a coach somewhere else because he's not that bad of a coach as we've seen. I mean, he's he got the Houston Texans to the playoffs in consecutive years, and I think they have a great talent uh, within that team. But I think Bill O'Brien does deserve a job as maybe an offensive or defensive coordinator somewhere in the NFL, but talking about some of the other coaches that have struggled this year and in Dan Quinn, Adam Gase and Matt Patricia, and they each have their own story with Dan Quinn, not being able to hold a lead and them being probably 10 minutes away from being a two and two team and us not having this conversation about him and Adam Gase just being stuck with the worst offensive line in the history of football in the New York jets, unless you count the giants who would probably have the worst, but I mean, he has, he's not a good coach. I really don't know why the Jets hired him anyways. And our final coach that I'll let Andrew talk about is, is Matt Patricia. And there's, there's nothing to be said there. Uh, I, I, I'll let Andrew talk here. Yeah, Henry, as a Detroit Lions fan, I am 
very frustrated with how Matt Patricia has taken this job with the Detroit Lions. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's 10-25-1 or something since he's taken over the head coaching job. And the worst part of it, Henry, is the excuses he's making. I mean, you see him come out the other day with a statement saying, when I took over this team, we had a lot to work with. And uh, we, we really had to turn this franchise around and this team around. Well, guess what, Matt Patricia? You took over a 9-7 and seven team, and you made them by far worse. You made them worse by far. And now he's trying to tell us that, well, we weren't exactly there when I took over the team. Well, they borderline a playoff team, had a winning record, and I haven't seen Matt Patricia get a winning record at all. He screwed up this team. I think they would have been better off keeping Jim Caldwell. I mean, Jim Caldwell actually had a winning record as a coach for the Lions, but of course, that wasn't good enough. And we had to hire Matt Patricia, who can't win a game and can't hold on to a lead. It's classic Lions. Matt Patricia is the perfect guy for the Detroit Lions job because he's great at blowing leads. He's supposed to be a defensive mastermind, but his defense plays like they're playing like a middle school defense. I don't know what to say about this Detroit Lions team. You've Matthew Stafford, who's supposed to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's not playing up to expectations. This offense is supposed to be top 10 on paper, but they aren't playing like top 10. It's, I think it comes down to the coaching. They have the talent. I mean, they had a decent draft. I mean, I haven't really heard the Lions have a decent draft in a while, but I think they had a good draft. But Matt Patricia is not a great head coach. He might have been a great defensive coordinator for the Patriots, but do we know how much Matt Patricia really put in there at, in New England? I mean, maybe it was just Bill Belichick's mastermind and then Matt Patricia took some of the credit that maybe wasn't due his way. So that's all I'm saying. Maybe Matt Patricia wasn't really fit for an NFL head coaching job. And maybe he was just a system coordinator under Bill Belichick. Who knows, man? But all I have to say is Matt Patricia should be out of there. And as a Lions fan, none of us want him to stay in Detroit. You know, Andrew, you can hear it in both of our voices, and we're just astonished by how bad the Detroit Lions are at football. I mean, they have the talent, as you mentioned. They have probably a top 10 offense on paper. I mean, the defense needs work, especially a pass rusher, but that can be fixed via trade or drafting someone in the top 10 of the draft, which they'll easily have a top 10 pick based on how we're going right now. And it's, it's just crazy to me how bad Matt Patricia is at coaching the game of football. It, they got so much worse, but the, the talent got better since Jim Caldwell's left, but yet the team has gotten significantly worse. And I just don't understand with that type of talent that the Lions have, especially on the offensive side of the ball, how bad this team can perform. And Henry, I don't think he's a player's coach. And you need a guy who resonates with his players and Matt Patricia, I mean, I heard a Darius Slay story uh, in the offseason after he got traded to Philadelphia. And Darius Slay was saying that Patricia was totally slandering him and telling him how he's not a top five cornerback or he's not a top 10 cornerback. He thinks he's better than he is. And that's not what you should say to your star uh, player. So obviously, 
I think there's a lot of issues there with Matt Patricia. I don't think he knows how to treat his players right. I don't think he knows how to coach his players right. And I don't think he's a good coach in general. But Henry, I'm going to move on to our next topic. And of course, that's the Dallas Cowgirls. Um, They're really struggling. And the Cowboys, of course, I mean, they're one and three, is it now, I believe. And their only win is off a Falcons team that doesn't know how to pick up a football on an onside kick. I mean, Henry, what do you think of this Dallas Cowgirls team? I mean, they, they have a lot going on, man. And what do you think they have to do to figure it out? I mean, it looks like Dak Prescott and that offense is playing well, but if you really dive deeper into it, it's all garbage time points. I mean, they get down so much early because of how bad that defense is. I mean, and Dak Prescott just seems to struggle in the early parts of games. And if that defense could just compete for three quarters, Dak Prescott will go and win you a game. I mean, he's a fourth quarter quarterback and we've seen that all year. He, pads the stats in the fourth quarter. I know it's a lot easier when defense is just playing zone coverage and soft man, but even then he's still diming up defenses for 500 yards a game. And Dak Prescott is obviously, in my opinion, a top 10 quarterback right now. And if that defense just plays remotely good at football, I mean, this team could be top 15, maybe top 10 in the league. Yeah, and Henry, I think this Cowboys team could be possibly 3-1 and one if their defense knew how to uh, actually play defense, of course. I mean, all they have to do is just stop the other team and hold them within probably 14 points uh, by halftime or the third quarter, and Dak Prescott in that explosive Cowboys offense will be able to take care of the rest. Yet this Cowboys team cannot stop anybody for their lives. I mean, it's it's really sad because the Cowboys probably have one of the best offenses in the National Football League, yet they can't get it done on the defensive side. I think this team really needs to switch something up there at defense, maybe get a new defensive coordinator. I have no idea what it is. I mean, obviously they aren't as healthy as they can be, and they don't really have the veteran leadership on the defensive side of the ball, but... Henry, they got to figure something out on that defensive side. And I'm giving my credits to Dak Prescott. I mean, he had a lot of doubters at the beginning of the season saying, oh, you're not even the best quarterback in your division. Carson Wentz is better than you, blah, blah, blah. You're going to get replaced by Andy Dalton. Well, he proved all the haters wrong, of course. And he's coming out having a tremendous season. I believe it's almost 1,700 yards through four weeks. I mean, Henry, that's ridiculous. Dak Prescott's playing out of his mind right now. And all I have to say about this Cowboys team, that defense has to figure it out, man. That's all it has to do. If their defense was playing up to par, they could probably be a three-in-one team, be on top of their division, and have a great lead there in that division because that NFC East division is atrocious. But Cowboys just have to figure out on the defensive side. Offense is playing great, Henry. Yeah, Andrew, and moving on now to our next topic today is another quarterback situation, which is the Bears. And as you saw in week three, Mitchell Trubisky was benched for Nick Foles, and he led them to a comeback, as no one was surprised, against the Atlanta Falcons. And Nick Foles played very well in that game. I can't deny that. But he was very not impressive in this past weekend's game against the Indianapolis Colts. And 
I really don't know what the answer is for the Bears at quarterback because Nick Foles, I know the Colts defense is very underrated, played very well. But if Nick Foles doesn't step it up in the next week or two, I, I don't know what the Bears are going to do at that quarterback position, Andrew. Yeah, and Henry, I was a big Trubisky believer. And I really thought Trubisky would be able to outplay Nick Foles this season. And Trubisky just didn't show up. I mean, actually, you think about it week one. I mean, it isn't that big of an accomplishment, but he did succeed at coming back against the Lions in that fourth quarter. But after that game, it was basically very average quarterback play. And, of course, he got replaced by Nick Foles, who led uh, the crazy comeback against the Atlanta Falcons. But I, as you mentioned, that uh, game against the Indianapolis Colts that Nick Foles played was not impressive at all. I mean, I believe they only scored one touchdown it was, and that was a garbage time touchdown, I can say, in like the last three minutes of the fourth quarter, and it virtually meant nothing other than probably covering the spread. But it, it, didn't, it didn't make sense to me, Henry, that Nick Foles couldn't deliver against the Indianapolis Colts. Like, I guess the Indianapolis Colts have a really good defense, but you're supposed to be the man. You're supposed to back up your performance from that incredible comeback from the Falcons. You're supposed to be the answer for the Chicago Bears, that replacement that they needed for Mitchell Trubisky. And last weekend against the Indianapolis Colts, I have to say, Henry, he was playing like Mitchell Trubisky. So I don't know what they're going to do there in the future. You have to stick with Foles. But, of course, if he has another subpar performance next week, I believe against Tampa Bay on Thursday night football, you're going to have to maybe switch things up and maybe give Trubisky another shot. Who knows? It's it's a very tough situation they have there in Chicago, Henry. And I just hope the best quarterback gets to be able to play. But as of right now, I don't really know if there is a best quarterback in Chicago because it's not looking great. Yeah, Andrew. And wrapping up today's podcast, we're going to give our top five teams in the NFL today, which – and we're going to start with the number one team in the NFL. And I think we can both agree right now that's the Kansas City Chiefs. And although they haven't really blown anyone out yet, which we know they can, I mean, they've beaten two of the top three teams, arguably in the uh, AFC right now. And they just, it looks like it's no sweat for them at all. And I really don't know any of the other teams that can really compete with them at this point in time. Yeah, Henry, the Kansas City Chiefs, I have them at number one as well. I mean, 4-0, I think, for the fourth consecutive season. I mean, that's incredible. Andy Reid, I think, as of right now, is coaching like the best coach in the NFL. Him and Patrick Mahomes' chemistry there is undeniable. And that offense, obviously, is probably the best in the NFL. And I don't even know how, but some way, somehow – they got a steal in the first round, adding Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, of course, from LSU, completing that offense, I believe, as having an incredible pass-catching back in that backfield, with Clyde being very explosive, too. I mean, he just compliments that Patrick Mahomes often so well. And with them winning the Super Bowl and be able to get that type of talent in the first round, I mean, kudos to the Chiefs general managing up there in that front office. I mean, they're doing great things there in Kansas City. That defense is playing well. That offense is playing better than ever. And Henry, no one's stopping these Chiefs so far. I mean, 
They beat the Baltimore Ravens without a sweat, which I thought was incredible. And that was a great game by Mahomes and the Chiefs team. And then they had a little bit of a scare there by the Patriots in that first half, but they got it together in the second half and took care of business there against that New England team. And I'm really excited uh, for, to what the Kansas City Chiefs can bring to us in the future. Yeah, and guys, as you'll see here, we do have a pretty similar top five, top three at least. And at three, I think, or at number two, we both have, I think, the Green Bay Packers, and Aaron Rodgers has been playing out of his mind. I know the team we have at three, the quarterback's probably been playing better, but, I mean, he's thrown 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's on pace to throw 52 touchdowns and for about 4,800 yards this year, and that's MVP-type numbers, and Aaron Rodgers has been playing so well, especially with how many receivers and how decimated that, that offense is as a whole, and I think Aaron Rodgers has to be up there for MVP, and that defense is just playing incredible. I mean, they stopped the Atlanta Falcons to 16 points, which have arguably one of the most talented offenses in the entire league. And, Andrew, I want to see what you think about my pick. Yeah, and, Henry, I completely agree with you with the Green Bay Packers at number two in our power rankings. And that defense is playing incredible. Like, people don't give them enough credit. I mean, they've been shutting down teams week after week. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers is playing at MVP-type level. And I thought this was a funny quote from Aaron Rodgers that I heard uh, earlier today. And he was saying how people constantly are telling him, oh, he had a bad season last year. Oh, he had a bad game. He had a bad season, whatever it is. And then he, he came out and said, well, normally my bad games and seasons are pretty good for the average quarterback. So... I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I feel like it's so much unnecessary hate. It's, it's incredible. And Aaron Rodgers is shutting people up this season. And he's coming out with an MVP-type season. I love what I'm seeing from that Green Bay Packers offense. Aaron Jones is playing very well, like last season. And, of course, you have Devontae Adams, who isn't the most healthy. But he, he's gets, he gets things done when he is on the field. So... That Packers offense is great behind Aaron Rodgers, of course. And then that defense, once again, is playing incredibly well week after week. And I think an underdog for that, or dark horse almost, for that uh, defensive MVP could be Jair Alexander. I mean, he held, I'm pretty sure he was the one who held Calvin Ridley to zero receptions. So congratulations to the Green Bay Packers. They seem to have things figured out this season. And Aaron Rodgers is playing at the MVP-type level, Henry. Yeah, Andrew, moving on to number three, I think we both have the Seattle Seahawks with probably the MVP leader right now in Russell Wilson. And that offense has been absolutely phenomenal this year. I mean, the defense does need a little bit of work. It's been decimated by some of these injuries that they've had and also just not being overall good. They need to kind of step it up to – get to that level, I think, of the Packers and the Chiefs. But, I mean, that offense has just been so good that, I mean, it's been – they're basically like the Cowboys. If the Cowboys had an even better offense and a slightly better defense. And, I mean, the Cowboys are, as we talked about before, just a little bit away from this. But talking about the Seahawks, I mean, Russell Wilson's playing at an MVP level, and no one can deny that. And with Russell Wilson playing probably the best he's had in his career, I mean – it's going to be hard to stop that Seahawks offense. 
Yeah, and Henry, that Seahawks defense is a little bit of a problem, but of course, you have to remember back in week two, I believe it was, they were the ones who stopped Cam Newton at the goal line to uh, save the game for the Seattle Seahawks. So, I mean, you have to give them where you have to give them credit where credit is due. But over, throughout the season, Henry, the Seahawks defense, besides from that one moment, hasn't been anything special. And they need to figure that out, I think, in Seattle. But, of course, Russell Wilson and that offense is something special there. And they, they are carrying the Seattle Seahawks team. And Russell Wilson, of course, as you mentioned, I mean, I believe he's the MVP leader in the race so far. And I believe he will end up winning the MVP when it's all said and done this season. But Seattle Seahawks offense, they, they are one of the best in the NFL. And Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind recently. And that, that defense is where they need to uh, get a little better and improve at. But, of course, Jamal Adams, probably the best defensive player Maybe him and Bobby Wagner go at it for that uh, award, I guess you can say. But really, they Jamal Adams, of course, it's undeniably good. Jamal Adams is undeniably good. And he needs to get back healthy for that uh, secondary and that pass defense to get a little better. Because as of right now, it's not looking too pretty for the Seattle Seahawks. But Russell Wilson and that offense, they can keep up what they got going on. Good things and bright things are ahead for the Seattle Seahawks team. So, Henry, I agree with you. I have them at number three. But this is where, at four and five, our power rankings look a little different, I think. But let's see what you have, Henry. Yeah, Andrew, and at number four, I do have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Although they've only played three games, in those three games, they've really impressed me. I mean, they basically are just on offense or a score when they have to and put up enough points to win because that defense is just so good. And I really don't know, like, how how they lose a game because that offense has just not shown how good it can actually be. I mean, obviously, I think they'll lose a game at some point. They're not the best team in the NFL for a reason, but it's just insane how good that defense is and how consistently clutch that offense can be. Yeah, Henry, and at number four for me, it's looking a little different. I have the Buffalo Bills here, number four, and that is because Josh Allen. And that guy is playing ridiculously well. And a lot of people, once again, were hating on Josh Allen. Oh, he's, he doesn't have the IQ to be a good quarterback. He's not smart enough. He makes dumb decisions. He, he can't throw accurately. Well, he has proven everybody wrong this season, putting up MVP-type numbers, leading the Buffalo Bills to a 4-0 start, Henry. I mean, this Buffalo Bills team is looking like a Super Bowl contender. I mean, the defense is playing very sufficiently. I mean, not, not amazing, but not terrible. They, they can support a Buffalo Bills offense. And Josh Allen is putting up the points, Henry. And Stefan Diggs, of course, that was a great job by the Bills front office getting him this offseason because, man, how good he's been for this Bills team. And it looks like he's the extra weapon that Josh Allen needed. This Buffalo Bills team, Henry, is looking scary. I mean, on paper, this offense doesn't look amazing. But, man, when you watch them play, they're playing like one of the better offenses in the NFL. And that's why I have the Buffalo Bills at number four here in my power rankings, Henry. Yeah, Andrew, and I want to say something real quick about the Bills before I move on to my number five team. And 
I want to see them before – I don't have them in my top five, just so you guys know. I want to see them play like a really good team, see how they compete with the Chiefs or the Ravens. And they play the Chiefs in two weeks on Monday – on Thursday night football. And I think that's the real test for them to be a really good and top five team, in my opinion. But moving on to my number five team, I have the Baltimore Ravens. And although they did lose to the – Kansas City Chiefs in week three. I still think that they are one of the best teams in all of football. That defense is still very good. Lamar Jackson is still a very good quarterback for a reason. I think they'll still struggle in the playoffs. I mean, I just don't understand. I mean, he's when, he's, when Lamar faces a good defense or a defense that schemes well against him, I mean, they have no chance because they run the ball. And Lamar Jackson is still not a very good passer. But I think this – team as a whole is good enough to be better than the Bills and just a top five team overall. Yeah, and Henry, I completely agree with you here at number five in my power rankings to wrap up this little segment we have here. I have the Baltimore Ravens as well, and I just think they need to figure this stuff out on offense. And their run game just isn't there. Of course, they drafted young talent and have drafted J.K. Dobbins, of course, and he hasn't been really given that much of an opportunity and so obviously you have fantasy owners saying oh J.K. Dobbins isn't doing well well the Baltimore Ravens aren't really including him in their offensive packages that much and of course you have Ingram but he isn't putting up nearly the type of uh, productivity he put up in uh, New Orleans uh, a couple years ago and last year he did fairly well for the Ravens too but he isn't putting up those type of numbers either Lamar Jackson isn't playing up to MVP form like he did last season. And Henry, the, the weapons there, Mark Andrews against the Chiefs, man, he, did he look rusty. He just looked awful. I don't, I, he dropped at least three passes I saw. And the weapons just aren't there for Lamar Jackson. I mean, his wide receivers aren't anything special. I mean, you have Hollywood Brown, but Hollywood Brown – gets maybe six targets a game at most, and he's mostly deep threat. When Lamar Jackson can't accurately drop that deep ball into Hollywood Brown's hands, they have a big problem because they don't have that many weapons there. So I think Lamar Jackson has to start playing better in that uh, run game, has to start playing better. And ultimately, I think that Baltimore Ravens offense needs to start playing better. That defense isn't isn't horrible I mean that defense is perfectly fine I think I mean they aren't amazing but they aren't they aren't awful you know what they're they're an average maybe a little above average NFL defense so that offense needs to start playing better of course I believe they can get it together and the talent is there so that's why I have them at number five and they they are three and one I mean they beat the teams that they need to beat but when it comes to those primetime games when it comes to those tougher games Lamar Jackson doesn't seem to be pulling away and pulling out with those wins. He seems to be struggling a lot. And against those good head coaches that they face, like Andy Reid, like Bill Belichick, like Mike Tomlin, when he plays those guys, I mean, he has to come out with something better, with better offensive packages, with anything. He just has to be more explosive and just better at passing the ball against those teams specifically it doesn't seem like he shows up in those games that's where I think that the offensive coordinator 
that the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson have to get better at against those tougher teams. They need to come out with something that can actually frustrate those defenses, that can actually trick those defenses, because obviously in those tougher games, it's not working, Henry. So I think that it's there for the Ravens. I think they're a solid team. Obviously, I have them in my top five. They're a three-in-one team. I just think that they need to improve on offense, and their play calling needs to improve, obviously. And the play of Lamar Jackson needs to improve, Henry. Yeah, Andrew, and with that, I think that would be a great time to wrap up tonight's podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening to tonight's podcast. And as you're listening to this, you're listening to this on Wednesday, October 7th. It is our one-year anniversary of making our first podcast ever. So we want to thank everyone, especially on this day, for listening and giving us all the support you have for the past year. We haven't been consistent enough, but we hope to be consistent for year this next year to come. As always, thank you for listening, as I mentioned before, and we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.